0: there's probably a lot of people that do what you do, but there isn't a damn person out there that can do it like you. You know, It is not what makes you credible, um, it's what makes you incredible. So what makes you credible is your degree, your certification, your work experience, those types of things make you credible in your field, but what makes you incredible is your voice and your style and the way that you solve problems and your personal experience that you actually bring to that solution.
1: I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals Podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the show. This is episode number 38. And I have a very exciting, learning-filled interview with the very knowledgeable Bridget Boucher. And doing this interview was such a delight because Bridget has such a lot of clarity around all things entrepreneurship. We discuss everything from the necessary mindset and emotional setup to practical requirements and mobilization of resources, We talk about some of the more debated issues like whether we must acquire the right certifications before we start offering our services. How much should we invest before there are any real profits from the business? And Bridget's knowledge and clarity on the subject is something we can all use, especially right now because of how insecure everything feels due to the pandemic. And Bridget Boucher, apart from the knowledge and experience, she also brings a lot of very positive, happy energy to the discussion that can motivate and perk up even the most tired and fearful souls. It most definitely made my day, so <laughs> I hope you feel the same way you know, as you listen to this interview. But to give you a little more background on our guest, Bridget became a corporate CFO when she was only 30 years old. But in order to bring more authenticity to her professional life, She decided to build her own business and become a CFO for entrepreneurs looking to run a profitable e-business and in need of guidance to achieve that goal. She shares proven, sought-after strategies that she has herself used to scale her latest business to multi-six figures in just five months during the global pandemic. She is also a speaker, mentor, and educator dedicated to teaching entrepreneurs not just the skills necessary to grow their business, and wealth, but to also become someone worthy of even the most scary, intimidating goals. And as a profitability coach, she helps small businesses and individuals optimize their resources in order to live in greater abundance. So get ready, because we are about to have a conversation meant exclusively for heart-centered entrepreneurs who are looking to make a profit without compromising their authenticity or holding back any piece of their individuality. So let's dive in. Thank you so much, Bridget, for making time for this conversation.
0: Oh, of course. I love to jam out about all things life and business. So I appreciate you reaching out.
1: I have to say that I am very excited about this episode because uh, during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs. Some of them lost their main income and some of them had to let go of their side income. Uh, And a lot of people want to do something of their own, but they don't have the courage for it because it is, of course, a huge deal, becoming your own boss. It takes a lot. So while they don't feel quite ready, they do want to do it, which makes this one a very exciting episode. And I would love it if we can start with your story, because you have achieved a lot by a very young age. And I would love to know how you got there and how you are now helping people.
0: Yeah, it is um, it is a journey, and anybody that's listening that is on the journey, just stay on it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my name is Bridget Boucher. Um, I'm located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm a CFO, so I'm a chief financial officer. Um, but my story doesn't start or end there, and neither does yours. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so listen up. So, um, I actually started the traditional career path um, of, you know, graduating from high school, going to college, getting my four-year degree and going right into the corporate world. So I, I had this path laid out in front of me that was my definition of success that society kind of built for me. It wasn't anything that I created, nor did I know any different. So I just thought the next logical step in life was to go to college and get a job. And while that's true, I, just, I kind of just kept going on that same path um, for about 15 years. I mean, I had this like corporate ladder that we all have kind of heard about that was laid in front of me and I realized if I did XYZ I would get up the next rung of the ladder. And so I set this goal for myself to become a CFO um, by 30 years old. So a chief financial officer by 30 years old. And I did all the quote unquote right things. So I relocated um, from my home in Minnesota to Atlanta, Georgia. I worked weekends, I, you know, did the grind, you know, I complained with my coworkers about job, but yet you know, worked harder as a result of it because I was kind of this gold star chaser. And so, um, you know, at, at the end of that, basically I did make CFO by 30. I was so thrilled, I was so excited. I'm still very proud of that. There's nothing wrong with this path that I'm telling you about. It's just that ultimately it wasn't mine for the long term. So if, if anybody's listening that's ever chased a really big goal um, and only to find out once you arrived there, That it might not be everything that you had thought. And I think we set ourselves up sometimes with these other definitions of success um, that maybe not, that don't belong to us, that we realize pretty quickly that maybe our path is different. And so in making CFO by 30, it was amazing. I did it for about four years before I really figured this out. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, but what was your moment? What was your aha moment? You know, I'm here to tell you, your body will tell you. You know, you'll start to have different, reactions, whether it's stress or anxiety or, um, feeling unfulfilled or emotional or almost less, less patience for things that used to just, you'd let kind of just bounce off of you. And, um, so after about four years in that CFO role, I decided to make a big change. It was not a very popular decision. It wasn't, um, something that was traditional in my family, but I decided to start considering leaving and getting off the ladder that I had been climbing so aggressively um, and it took a couple iterations but after three corporate resignations because it took me three times you don't always get it right on the first time and that's okay. Um, and, and right I mean right for you at that time after three corporate resignations I ended up leaving six six and a half years ago now um, I left corporate and I started my own firm and I started doing CFO work for other companies you know just kind of fractionally so I would have a little bit of my flexible schedule but I could still do what I went to school for and what I what I um, felt were my expertise. But what I will share with you is, and what um, Karati was alluding to earlier is the pandemic and all the changes that we've gone through in the last couple, um, well, almost you know, year and a half. Um, my business looked very different before the pandemic than it does now. So I was almost trying to recreate what I had before, just on my own, as opposed to really finding my unique voice and delivering my gift of financial education and empowerment in my own voice. So, I still hadn't figured it out, but I kind of thought I did. I knew I was on the path. And when the pandemic hit and when I started seeking out support through other mentors, I had to get really scrappy, as did many, many, many people. And it forced us into making decisions that we might not have made on our own because things were limited or taken away, or there was just a whole different world that we were, a world of uncertainty that we were living in. And so, in the last year and a half, I have birthed a brand new business model. I have teamed up with a business partner, I have scaled. Um, pretty significantly for a a new business model and helped a lot of entrepreneurs with their finances, a lot of women um, by building community, a lot of um, personal growth, a lot of travel, a lot of different things that I realized in the end, my version of success is what is lighting me up now. And the closer that you get to that version of success, again, your body will tell you. And so I'm here to tell you that if you have these visions of something that is greater, that's bigger for you, Um, It's not about giant leaps. It's about taking small steps because you can't make adjustments until you actually make a decision. So taking action, making a decision and then tweaking it based on how your body's responding is where I am, where I find myself, where I continue to be on that journey and where I help others do the same. So that's really the background of my story. And I'm so excited to be here to share
1: that. Wonderful. But I have to ask, once you had accomplished that goal by becoming a CFO by the age of 30, you later made the switch to doing what you're doing now but you stayed in the same field you are still in the same field so what was the element you were looking for that drove you to make that switch i wasn't part of
0: it i I needed my own authenticity um there's a lot of cfos out there and likewise if you're listening there's probably a lot of people that do what you do but there isn't a damn person out there that can do it like you you know it is not what makes you credible um it's what makes you incredible So, what makes you credible is your degree your certification your work experience those types of things make you credible in your field but what makes you incredible is your voice and your style and the way that you solve problems and your personal experience that you actually bring to that solution and that was what i found was truly missing in my work and the funny thing about that I'm still in the same field. I really wasn't. I totally abandoned it. When I left corporate, I wanted nothing to do with CFO because in my mind, I connected it to burnout. I only knew one way to CFO. And so when I left corporate, I took at least a year off um, dabbling and doing different things, exploring. I did karate. I like walks dogs. I did some network marketing. I did corporate wellness consulting. Um, I did a lot of things to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And in the end, what I realized was I'm really good at what I do in numbers. Um, Why abandon that? It does light me up. It just didn't light me up in the package with which I was delivering it. So once I realized I could actually do this in my own authentic voice, in my own way and really help an underserved market of entrepreneurs, I was like, oh, there it is. Dang. But it wasn't overnight. A lot of trial and error and really finding my own voice and realizing that it's a lot less exhausting to be yourself (laughs) in everything that you do. than it is to try to be somebody else to be robotic to kind of wear your work as a badge of honor kind of like little armor that you put over you that that can be really exhausting and so if you put yourself out there authentically to provide the solution or the services that you're looking for the people that respond to that are going to come towards you energy attracts like energy and that's something that i realized um pretty quickly and was completely excited about. You know, we kind of say like, wave your weird flag, they'll find you, like (laughs) just do it.
1: (laughs) True, true, everything you have said is so true and it's repeated so often, but we're still so scared. And we pick out this model out of someone else's story, someone who has the kind of life we think we want. And we try to imitate that their journey and try to not make any mistakes and in doing so we forget that we are unique what we bring to the table has its own value because it's unique to our personality our way of thinking but we always let the world scare us into the more acceptable mold so that we don't make any waves so thank you for sharing this advice because it is so important and uh, so authenticity is key to this new model you're trying to build Yeah, I think, you know, alignment
0: with yourself, it's nobody can really do that for you. Um, It does come with some trial and error. There is fear. You mentioned fear before, and that's a really common emotion that a lot of us go through as we start to unveil our true selves. Um, We're putting ourselves out there in a different way. You know, that, that can create fear of judgment, you know, fear of rejection, fear of, you know, you name it, doubt oh my gosh, you know, we're our our worst, you know, chirping in our minds, you know, we can really talk ourselves out of some things. And the reality is, it's only once you push past those, that you'll realize who that person is, that's like this unlived life inside of you. How does that person want to show up? Who does that person want to surround themselves with? You know, who do you want to be? I mean, I used to, you know, joke that like, I I stayed busy for so long, and I wore it like a badge of honor, busy like a badge of honor. And it was probably because there was so much inner work that was kind of stewing in me that I almost didn't want to leave me, like, don't leave me alone with my own thoughts. (laughs) I don't know what they're going to say. Let me just dive into a spreadsheet and just keep really busy so that I don't have to do the inner work. But one of my favorite quotes um, is from James Clear, and it says, entrepreneurship is a personal growth engine disguised as a business pursuit. So when you talk about grinding in corporate, you're grinding like physically. I feel like for entrepreneurship, we grind more emotionally because we are going through the fear. We are going through the doubt. We are going through the rejection, the judgment, the peeling back the layers. And only when you go through that, are you in that authentic place that allows you to to experience true freedom.
1: That's so true. But the issue is, at least that's what I've identified and had it repeated by some of the people I have discussed it with. So the issue is that when you are in the 95, you get paid at the end of the month. And every six to nine months, uh, you go through an evaluation by your boss where you learn what you're doing right and what you're not doing right. But when it comes to your own thing, your own project, when you are your own boss, If you're achieving your financial milestones, then that's great and everything's good and fine. But it may take some time to get there. It may take as much as a year or years for a business to really take off. So in cases like that, how do you confirm to yourself that you are on the right path and you're moving in the right direction?
0: Yeah, this is, um, listen up, gold star chasers. I I only knew external validation. So I'm right with you. All I knew was the next promotion, the next salary level, the positive performance review, all of that feedback is what I lived for. It was all I knew. I didn't know how to self-validate. I had never really had to because I never was working on that. So if you know, it, if it's not as concrete and you're in an entrepreneurial role where you are the one doing all the work and then trying to pat yourself on the back, that can be tough, right? That can be tough. It can also be really rewarding. But what I would encourage you to do is that internal validation isn't something that can just be turned on. You have to develop um, milestones for yourself. You have to be able to say, I'm moving the needle, maybe not going from A to Z, but I'm going from A to B or A to C, or you know, those types of things. And I would encourage you that if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have to go at it alone. There are resources and communities out there, like your listeners are here for a reason. They feel part of your mission. And that is a beautiful place to be when you know you're not alone. Even if you're still a quote unquote, solo entrepreneur, entrepreneur, that doesn't mean you're on an island. So if you're surrounding yourself with people that are on a similar journey, that understand uh, the places where you have been or where you're going, there is such value in that support that it almost takes that self-validation to a level that feels attainable. And it's not that you need other people to self-validate. However, it helps a whole lot to have a sounding board and to realize that you're not alone as you're going through that process of figuring out what that looks like for you.
1: So community, collaboration, that could be helpful.
0: So helpful.
1: That makes sense. So so how does your um, pre-pandemic business differs from what you have now?
0: Oh my gosh. So pre-pandemic, I was... Um, I was still kind of figuring out the business model, so you know, financials, and you know, you can say, "Oh, what's money?" You know, everybody works with money, and yeah, but who's who am I serving? What is my business model? What do my offers look like? Um, And the pandemic actually gave me an opportunity to get really scrappy and start doing a lot of education, because then I had to say, "Okay, what new demands has this pandemic created, and how am I equipped to solve or help you know solve some of those problems?" And as you can imagine, the whole world just kind of like shit the bed, right? All of a sudden, where's our income? We had no certainty. People were very um, feeling scarcity with their finances, bills. There were relief programs in place and all kinds of things. So I started just putting myself out there doing a bunch of webinars, how to become your own personal CFO, how to optimize your finances during times of uncertainty, you know, X, Y, Z, like all the webinar, I did all the things. I said, I pivoted so much that I got dizzy. <laughs> um, but that's what people needed. And that's some relief that I was able to provide, some support. So I did a ton of different programs during the pandemic in helping people based on where they were and where the demands were. And as a result of that, you mentioned this earlier, A lot of businesses are actually born during the pandemic, either because people had to, because they lost their job, or they said, you know what, I'm finally giving myself permission to do this. Because if not now, when, right? It might not have been my choice, but I find myself here, it's been on my heart. I'm gonna start this thing and see what happens. So with that, um, people pivoted, they did online businesses. That's where I started to see the need for real financial support and strategy was in the entrepreneurial space because these people, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, like we love being passionate, heart-centered, mission-driven, like these are my people. And I have seen them do these amazing things, yet they were so disconnected and so fearful of their money. And I thought, I can help them. That's the need. That's why I was doing all this pivoting. That's why I've been having all these conversations. That's where I got myself in the rooms. I've landed. I pivot, 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 pivot. I land. I have now an amazing, um, you know, clientless business model to be able to help these entrepreneurs that I didn't even know about before the pandemic. So you have to. It's said oftentimes that you need to do th- like seven or ten things to try before you finally figure out exactly what that next clear step is. So if you're sitting there saying, "Well, I don't know. I have no idea what I want to do." You have to take some action. You have to try things. You have to know that the first thing, like if you get it right the first time, I will challenge you. Did you really get it right? I didn't. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that I didn't, but I feel very aligned, more aligned in my life and business now than I have probably ever. And I know that's going to always continue. I haven't started my last business. I haven't hit my last low point or high point, right? I'm on the roller coaster for the ride. Yeah. So if you, if you accept those ups and downs and all of those things that are going to be thrown at you, know that you're going to find things along the way that feel so good that you're going to be so grateful that you didn't give up.
1: Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And it can be a lifelong journey or it can go on for as long as your career lasts. I mean, you don't have to settle with anything.
0: It's just what's right for you at that time.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: you're absolutely right. It is a lifelong journey because it's not all about work. Yeah. It's about what you want to experience. You know, I'm about making memories and money.
1: (laughs) I want to do both. (laughs) No, that's so true. And as you pointed out, as an entrepreneur, it's a lot about emotions and personal growth. And there are these seasons to who we are as a human being. We're constantly changing our wants, needs, and interests are constantly changing. So... What you are saying makes such incredible sense when you put it in that context.
0: Yeah, it's all connected. Where we get into trouble is when we try to disconnect it, where we try to compartmentalize. That's where it gets pretty exhausting. And there's a time and a place for every version of yourself. You know, um, We're all one energetic being. I mean, it all comes from the same place. We have to be able to, in order to find that authenticity and that alignment and all the things that we're striving for, I mean, we really have to recognize all the pieces of us. So a lot of us, myself included, have shoved some things down into the dark, right? Yeah. Uh, Limiting beliefs, past stories, um, relationships gone bad, like all these things that we look at as quote unquote failures that really have brought us to be who we are right now. And um, that's what's really been important for me. I've done a lot of unpacking, a lot of deconditioning, a lot of rewiring um, as to looking through my life and, and these experiences and honoring those times for what they were, but changing the meaning of them to be something that actually serves me in my current version. And I think that's really, really important because we get held back a lot by some things that, you know, some skeletons or some, some stories or, you know, the inner the inner work. It's so, so, so important. And six years ago for anybody that's listening six years ago would have laughed you out of the room. If you told me that I was sitting here with karate having this conversation, because <laughs> I didn't even have language for things like this before. So know that your journey will take you into an evolved place. That's what we're here to do. We're here to evolve and grow and expand, you know, and and here we are lucky enough to have a conversation and have some fun with it. Yeah.
1: And there are times when I talk to certain people and they would ask me about the change in my personality, in my emotional setup. Uh, And I used to have a really nasty temper and I don't anymore. And anytime someone would ask me how I got rid of it or, you know, um, learn to manage it. Uh, And I would, when I would say meditation, I can practically hear them roll their eyes (laughs) and they'll try to dismiss that with something like, no, you just grew up. And I would always come back with, no, there are 70 year old people who get angry like a seven year old kid. So that's clearly not it. (laughs) But I think this is something this kind of change is something you have to experience. You have to feel you have to feel it to be able to accept it into your life. Oh, it's, that's amazing.
0: I love that. I can hear them roll their eyes. I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meditation, toxic emotions, victim mentality. you bring up these terms or, you know, when I talk about taking ownership of your story and if the other person doesn't have an open mind or has never experienced any such learning, the conversation is <laughs> instantly <Yes>. over.
0: <laughs> it's so true. I'm so happy that, um, for the journey that you've been on and also for for talking about it and recognizing that we're not here to convince anybody of anything. Yeah, yeah. That's really just, you know, it's, it's about sharing. We are all better when we share. Take what is for you and leave what is not, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I used to not charge people initially because I started doing this because I needed to do what I could to save others um, from some of the struggles that I had been through. And it was what resonated with me at the time. But then I realized that there are a lot of people not yet ready for change. They're not yet ready to hear what I'm saying, but they would approach me because it was free. (laughs) But when you slap a price tag on it, the only people that are going to approach you are people who are actually looking for change and are right there at the cusp of something new. And that helped me target my services at someone who can actually benefit from it and is willing to commit. So there are a lot of people who are just not ready for yeah. it, and you have to figure that out.
0: Yep, that and the thing is, there are enough people out there for all of us. So true. And I think we get in as business owners, as entrepreneurs, we it takes a while to find that, some of that clarity of who we serve, how we serve, um, and the reason you know what you alluded to is about you know the ideal client. Or you know who you energetically match with, who you can help most, what qualities they possess, and it's really really important as entrepreneurs that we um, identify that to protect our own energy, but also to add the most value to yeah. the experience. Because not everybody is for you, and that's actually okay. It's not. It's not. I know at some point in our lives we wanted to just belong and we wanted everybody to like us and all of these different things, and there's there's value in that, but it's not really realistic. And so there's so many of us on this planet to be able to connect with, to be able to align with that may have a sole contract or a seasonal contract with, with us that was there for a reason, but isn't necessarily meant for the long haul. And I know you're laughing because I feel like I, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what she's talking about. There are, yeah. there are things that happen in our life that were only meant for that time. Yeah. And I think our human nature is to think that that's a loss or that's a failure. So my, my corporate career, you know, RIP, it was a great time. I'm not going to say that I'll never go back, but that gave me so many things. It all, everything that you do, wherever you're sitting right now and you're sitting there thinking, you know, I'm not in the place that I want to be, or I'm in this, or out of this, or I'm looking to whatever it is, everything that you do primes you for the next step. Everything. And if you leave those experiences behind, you're going to diminish the value that you could possibly put out there. Going forward, yeah, because it's like that whole credible versus incredible thing. Nobody can do it like you the way that you do it with the style and the delivery and the experiences that you have. You know, it's part of the package. You're, you're all your whole thing. Don't, don't diminish any of that light. It needs to come through to help somebody yeah. else.
1: Beautiful, which brings me to my next question, and this is an ongoing debate in the entrepreneurial com- communities uh, where we talk about that one element like mostly it's about service right that's what we are talking about we put service over profit and the money will come on its own but in your experience what is it really about like like malcolm gladwell pointed out in outliers that apart from having those 10000 hours success is about seizing the right opportunities making the best use of uh, your resources So what, according to you, is the one element that pushes you forward? Is it service over profit? Is it bold choices? Or is it making the best use of your resources?
0: Mm. all of (laughs) the
1: above. Um, No, but I think, you know,
0: when I look at this past year, because I'm gonna speak to the recent, because, you know, of the times that we're in. Absolutely. You know, the game changer for me was really um, getting clear and having more conversations. You know, we're out there, we're human. And we want human connection and we want, you know, we're we're not trying to commoditize things, especially depending on the, you know, the industry that you're in. But for me, I'm talking about something like money with people. I mean, these are conversations. People don't want to talk about money with anybody, let alone, you know, we have to create a safe space for you to talk about something that you don't normally talk about. So I think with that, it's just getting clear and then having more conversations. We are human beings and a lot of us are responding so much better to the human on the other side. And that was the game changer for me to get out there and talk to people and feel the real connection, um, because only then can you really solve the problem. And if you can solve a problem, you deserve to be paid for that. Yeah. So that's where that money comes in. What is, you know, the the value of pricing, pricing is a big thing that comes up with my clients, as you can imagine, As oh, I always undercharge, or I don't charge, or, you know, I, I underprice. And... The reality is you're not really charging for the time that it takes you. You're charging for the power of the transformation. Yes. You're charging for the ex- all the years of experience that it took you to be able to do that faster for them, to be able to reduce their learning curve. And too often we get stuck in the hourly mindset. Well, that's only going to take me 30 minutes. Well, should it took you 10 years to learn how to do it? <laughs> I'm not saying charge them 10 years worth, but there is value in that. People are looking to be able to get their time back. You give somebody their time back, you better be charging in a way that feels really good for you. It's an equal energy exchange. Money is just a tool to live the life that you deserve. Money is just an equal energy exchange that you call in. Don't chase money. What happens? You chase something, it runs away. Don't chase it. Right. Get, you have to price it in a way that feels comfortable to you, but you have to be able to solve the problem in a way that that client sees that value, so that's a little bit um, deeper than maybe we started. But I knew that's where we're going, right? We're talking to entrepreneurs. We're talking about yeah. being able to build a life and create the business plan around it. So, what do we want our lifestyle to look like? How do we build the business that will support it? And money is in exchange. You know, it's it's a metric. It's a tool. It's a represents possibility. Gives you choices. Yeah. You know, there's no shame in money the more the more money you have the more people that you can help
1: yeah yeah that's amazing so you do put service over profit but you also maintain a very bold stance when it comes to chasing your goals and the bottom line as well
0: yeah you've got to believe in what you're doing and only once you believe in what you're doing will that client believe that you can help them as well. We're all one client away from confidence. If you've never had a if you're listening and you're like I've never even had a client, I don't know, you are one client away from confidence. Yes. <laughs> you're about 3 to 5 clients away from building and 10 clients away from scaling. I mean, There's some metrics in there, but one client away from confidence and that client is going to get the most of you because you're going to want that experience to be so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. And I have to say, you're very clear on all of these concepts and you're such a good teacher for it. This is such great advice, but if you were to talk about the whole thing in more practical, in more tangible terms, what would you advise someone looking to become an entrepreneur when it comes to assessing their resources?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, you've got to start scrappy. You know, a lot of us don't have this bucket of money sitting around to start a business. You know, there are really inexpensive aspects of starting a business, especially when you're service-based. If you're making a product, that's a different story. It's going to require some more upfront costs but we've got a lot of resources as entrepreneurs at our fingertips right now that will allow us to expand our reach. Social media is a, essentially a free website in some cases, right, it's, it's kind of what it is. You just have to be able to identify a problem, Yeah. be able to solve the problem, right. and you have to have a way for that person to pay you. <laughs> you have to have a way for that person to pay you, okay? I, and people laugh at that, but this goes unnoticed. Don't be using PayPal and Venmo. These are not accounting tools. This is not the way to do it. You've got a legit business. You need some legit structure. But those are literally the three things. Identify a problem, identify a solution, and give them a way to pay you. Awesome. That, that's really it. And none of that is um, extremely expensive. I operate my business at a pretty low cost. We're so fortunate to have systems to be able to help us do what we do as entrepreneurs at really inexpensive costs. Like you could have multiple systems, you know, for maybe a thousand bucks, you know, and, and that could be annual or even, you know, just minimal monthly subscriptions to be able to get you set up, right? And then it's up to you to bring in the clients and build from there. But yeah, that that's really, really important. I think those three steps um, are more important than trying to get things to look perfect before you actually have it. I heard somebody say this once and it's just stuck with me. They said, you can go do the fancy website, you can get the business cards, you can get your logo and branding and all that, which is amazing, I'm a huge fan of that. But do you wanna look like you have a business or do you wanna actually have a business? Having a business means you have paying clients. Yeah. That's where those conversations come in,
1: yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, But when it comes to investing in your business, a lot of people take on all this debt, which then creates a lot of stress and pressure and takes away all the fun and passion out of it. So would you ever suggest that people invest more than they're earning from their business? Um, As a general rule, I would say no,
0: but it's not that I haven't done that. And so let me kind of elaborate on that you know, as a general rule, you don't want to get into significant debt. You want to work with your means, but you do have to spend money in order to make money. And sometimes that's what it calls for. So, um, an example that I can think of, you know, for that is if a couple of things to consider, let's just put it this way. A couple of things to consider before you make an investment is what is it costing you not to do that? Right. So is it something where, okay, um, Karate, you're you're the face of your business and your time is spent talking to people and coaching and mentoring and all of your zone of genius. And you only have so many hours in a day, but you're spending two hours a day working on some administrative function or some design or something that's maybe not whatever isn't in your real house. Whereas you could turn those two hours into income producing activities. Yeah. So it's actually costing you more money if it's not your zone of genius for those two hours than it would to pay somebody to help. So maybe it costs a hundred bucks or something to pay somebody for those two hours or whatever it is. If you could go generate more than a hundred dollars, do you see what I'm saying? There's yeah. like an opportunity cost there. So one is what is it costing you to not do it? Cause the solution might likely be less expensive than what it's costing you to not do it. The other thing I would consider is cash flow. If you do invest, and you invest more than you technically have. Mm-hmm. How long will it take you to pay that back? Okay. okay, I'm gonna get this system in place, and it's gonna save me time. So, you know, transactionally, I won't have to go back and forth and have manual input and duplicate entry and all these different things. I'm gonna automate things, and it'll it'll pay me back because I'm gonna use it for the long haul. So upfront cost, but save me hours and hours and hours on the back end. So that's another thing to consider. Um, You know, and the other thing to really consider, a lot of people miss this, I I have this conversation with entrepreneurs a lot, is what is the success metric? What's the ROI? What's the return on the investment? So if you're going to invest in something, a person, a coach, a mentor, a system, how do you know that that was a good investment? Because sometimes we make the decision and then we kind of say, oh, you know, all right, but do we track what makes that a good decision? Do we know that it's performing at the level that it should? It's the same thing with, with if you hire somebody yeah. and you set these expectations, you have these conversations with them periodically and it's either working or it's not working, but we kind of don't do that with all areas of our investments. Yes. And so I would really encourage you if you are gonna make an investment set, be really clear upfront as to what you're expecting to get out of it. What are those measurables? What are those success metrics? Sometimes they're clearer than others. But if you're going to invest or bet on yourself to show up in a mastermind or get into a program or have a coach, you're betting on yourself that you're going to show up, you're going to take action, and you're going to get whatever those results are on the other side. So don't forget that step. So those are kind of the three things I would consider. When making an investment, you know, what is it costing you not to do it? Do you have the cash flow? What does that payback? And how are you going to track that it's successful?
1: Okay. Okay. That's practical advice. And I think it will um, shorten the amount of time you spend running in circles, trying to make these decisions. Yeah. Um, and now uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has been my experience. Like in every other field, in every other area of life, the world, uh, the entrepreneurial world is different for women and men. Men are a lot more bold in selling their services, even if it has a personal element to it, be it their face or personality. Women, on the other hand, are much more timid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They need to be, as you said, uh, it's uh, you know, incredible over credible, but they need to, uh, from the get-go, establish their credibility. They need certifications, a company structure, because they think it's necessary or otherwise uh, people are going to think they're a fraud. So please share your experience here. Do you think it's necessary going uh, for women? And and, uh, we understand that they have the knowledge, but is it necessary to acquire costly certification or establish a company before they sell their services? What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, this is a great question. I love this so much. Um, No, I think it's the time of the woman. (laughs) I I think it's time to take our power back where we feel like we don't have it. And I mean that in all the best ways for the entire population. Really, it's just if you have a gift, if you have a, a gift for the world that you're hiding, then we're doing an injustice, a disservice to those that could benefit from it, right? And so when we start to think about fear and we start to think about that statistic, I don't know exactly what it is, but men you know, will be 40% qualified and they'll go for a job and women have to be closer to 80%. Don't quote me on that, but it was something right. like that that kind of validates some of what you were saying. And and I think that it's time that we step into the fact and own, confidently own what we really can accomplish and what we can do and the way that we can do that. And we're seeing that so much more than we have in past years. Um, there's still a lot of work to be done in that. But women, if you're listening and you're saying, I'm, I, I'm more submissive. I don't really, I'm not as decisive as that. I'm not sure that I have the confidence to do that. Get in the rooms with people that are playing bigger. you know. Get in the room, with women particularly, yeah. um, that, are, that are gonna show you a different version of yourself that's just waiting to come out. Because there is power in that example, there is power in that groups. And again, I'll say it before, just like I said it before, you don't need other people to validate you, but if they're gonna show you what's possible, that will help kind of shake you loose and get you unstuck. Because we're all just trying to figure it out. No, nobody, you know, there is not a a soul on this planet that doesn't have a doubt, a fear. Um, Even the most quote unquote successful people out there are just human. And maybe they've just been at it longer than you. Yeah. You know, maybe they just stayed on the roller coaster and you were ready to jump off or you just got you just boarded, (laughs) you know, so just allow that to be social proof of what's possible And know that as long as you are operating authentically and genuinely and you believe in what you do wholeheartedly that that will come out and benefit not just you, but the ripple effect will be so positive on the other side that you won't believe that you ever doubted yourself.
1: Yeah. So we work on growing our knowledge and share that in a bold, confident way. And in doing so perhaps we can level the playing field a little even if we don't feel as qualified
0: yeah yeah and and i love that you said that about like like leveling the playing field i mean just get on the field yeah. just just get there it's going to you know you can't play if you're not on the field
1: yeah yeah life for certain people has been a, a spectator sport for so long that they don't know how to do it and that's tragic yeah and and, that, and- I love that you said that too. There's, you know, there's something to be
0: said about, you know, we're we're speaking to entrepreneurs. I imagine that's a lot of who you're following is. But entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. It's not the only way. You know, there there are a ton of yes, very. You know, we need all kinds of people, right? We need to have a successful economy. So if entrepreneurship doesn't speak to you, but personal growth, mental health, those kinds of things, you're kind of taking what from this conversation what fits yeah. you. Um, We just happen to both be on the entrepreneurial journey. And this is where a lot of these lessons have come in. And like I said in the beginning, it is the inner work was something that really shocked me that I was going to have to um, really tap into in order to scale my business. I did not know that before. I did not know that because I didn't have language for it. I didn't understand how much I was holding myself back. So if you have any practices that you're doing, like you had mentioned meditation or journaling or, um, you know, connection, meaningful connection, um, therapy, whatever it is that you're doing to help work through, um, some of these, uh, these places you are in your life to kind of push through them. That's just as important as any certification, as any, um, you know, check the box type thing. Yeah. It'll take you really far.
1: Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. But apart from the gender differences and I don't, Uh, I don't want to talk about culture or country because I think, you know, uh, opportunities in America are significantly different from the kind of opportunities you have in certain third world countries. So that's a completely different discussion, which would also require considerably more sensitivity, but um, it all affects our story, our beliefs. So talking in a general sense, do you think there is such a thing as a rich versus poor mindset?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, how you grew up doesn't have to define you. Yeah. And that can be easier said than done. Um, I'll just use myself as an example because it's the the only thing I know. Right. Um, I grew up in um, a divorced household, so I had split time between parents. Um, neither my parent, you know, my mom was a nurse and was, is very traditional from that sense. Like it scared the pants off of her that I was going to go into entrepreneur. She still doesn't get it right. She still asks me if I have to turn in a time off request. I said, yes, mom, my boss is amazing. She's very cool. Don't worry about it. Um, and then my dad, you know, was took a, he was a little bit more entrepreneurial, but again, the conversations that we had around money and success were just, it was more of a scarcity mindset. And I wasn't born in a place where a lot of my family went to college. Even I was really, you know, it, it was it was just a very different environment for where I ended up. And the reason that I share that is, I always knew somehow inherently that I wanted to do more. I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew that I wanted to make my own. I wanted to be some sort of self, you know, create the world that I wanted to live in using my past as, um, you know, not to be anchored down, but to be respected and honored. Um, yeah. but I have other people in my family that have chosen the opposite, right? That have kind of said, this is my, this is my life. This is my roots that I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do that. And that's what, what matters to them. So you take what your history was, you take what you were born into, you take all of your experiences up to this date and say, what do I want to do with that? Cause it is entirely poss- possible to honor and love your past and still create yeah. your own future. And that's how I wanna always look at it. There was a time where I would go home to my very small town and I would shrink. I didn't wanna talk about being a CFO. I didn't wanna talk about my travels or my car or anything that would differentiate me from my family because I didn't want them to think that I felt like I was better than them. And I shrunk for years. And then there was a time when one of my cousins had said, it's almost like she gave me permission. She said, we talked to some of the younger girls, some of the, you know, Bridget, Bridget got out, Bridget did it or whatever it is. And it wasn't until then that I realized that I was actually doing a disservice by shrinking around them instead of showing them what might be possible. So again, it's up to you to be able to form a lot, like just create the meaning behind all your experiences and what you do with them and honor them, love them for what they are. They all worked together to get you where you are right now and also honor the people that are on a different path. I mean, we're all here to find our own. And, you know, don't, um, I don't remember the Brene Brown, I love listening to some of her stuff, but like, don't shrink, right? You know, we sometimes ping pong ball and I'm using my hands if you can't see me, but like ping pong ball between shrinking and outgrowing. And I think there are certain relationships that we have where we don't want to shrink, we kind of shrink, but we also don't want to outgrow. So we stay in this comfort zone and my advice to you with that is expand grow we're not meant to have limitations those that are meant to be on the ride will come along or root for you at a minimum because that that's all what we're we're supposed to be able to do that as humans grow and evolve and anybody that is not necessarily on that path with us it's okay they're on their own path root for them too
1: okay so honoring your past and Maintaining focus on what you have and not on anything else that may have defined you up to that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, I have a new appreciation for a lot of things
0: in my life and a lot of people's lifestyle choices. Once I started making more of my own, I thought, well, dang, I want to make my own choices. I want to be respected for it. So I sure as hell am going to respect everybody else for their life choices because that's their life to do
1: what they choose with. And I would be a hypocrite if I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think by playing small you are benefiting anyone. If you show up as who you are, even if it that even if that's someone who's perceived as overwhelming or larger than life, then you are letting other people know that it's okay for them to be all that too, and they're and they're not too much. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah that that's true. It's like we we it's so interesting that you said that. It's what coming through for me. We almost are like we're either not enough or we're too much. Yeah. Do you ever do you see that like polarity? And it's kind of crazy if you think about how we can dance between those two things.
1: Yeah.
0: Huh. I never really thought about that. I'm sure I will do a post on that. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like we always manage to create a narrative that gives us permission to stay where we are and not move forward. Yeah. Complacent,
0: comfortable, um, not making any waves, no confrontation. Let's not rock the boat um, when sometimes the boat just needs to be rocked.
1: Yeah. And what advice would you give to someone, like as we talked about, there are some people who are so happy staying stuck sometimes because the discomfort is so familiar that it almost becomes a safe space. So what advice would you give to those people? They're feeling unmotivated or lazy even, but they have all of these aspirations. So, what is the immediate step they should take mm. to move forward, or or maybe three things you would recommend to them?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, um, and I'm glad you clarified that because I was like, if they're happy, they're happy. But you said, but they have these aspirations. Okay. Yeah. They have the aspirations. Um, you know, don't quit your daydream. So, if there's something that is on your mind that you consider, that you're continuously thinking about, it keeps coming back and through for, for you. I would start with a blank piece of paper and start to draw out on one side of the paper, what's my current version? And on the other side of the paper, what's my ideal or desired version? Um, I just taught a financial workshop this week with some entrepreneurs, and I started with this exercise. And you may say, well, you taught a financial workshop, and you were talking about where they are now and where they want to be, and it didn't have anything to do with money. Well, they put money in there, but it's about your life. What, what, is, what is this dream or aspiration going to? How will it improve your life? Because when you can see the current state and the desired state side by side, only then would you go to step two and be able to say, how do I narrow the gap? What is one thing I can do today that will actually help me get closer in one of these areas, right? Because step three to that would be almost to build upon it further and say, if there's one goal that I can set with a concrete date, so maybe here we are in August, 2021, maybe by the end of the year, I really want to accomplish this goal how do i then reverse engineer it into actionable steps based on the amount of time that's left before the the goal you know so it's august what do i do between august and december to get me to that goal because having a plan at least being in pursuit of something will help you get momentum small wins small milestones will gain help you gain confidence that you're actually your behavior matters and so if you're feeling unmotivated by that start with that step one. If you're going to say, well, this left side of the paper is my current state. Is this where I want to live? Because it is not your fault that you're there. It's your fault if you stay there. Yeah, yeah. And so the right side of the paper is more like, okay, well, this is where I want to go. And it may seem like miles apart. It probably will feel like miles apart, but that's okay because you can't actually get there until you take the first step anyway. So you've got it. That's why I say I like to break it into manageable steps. So that reverse engineering the goal into manageable milestones where you can celebrate along the way, make that mile like the miles and miles and miles apart seem a lot less daunting.
1: Yeah, this is brilliant because I think even for people who are feeling financially limited, which is a very real problem and not something you can dismiss, even people like that would benefit Mm -hmm. from this exercise. The
0: exercise is free. (laughs)
1: that (laughs) helps That helps. but also it
0: gives you a plan if you are and and this is a great addition to this if you are feeling like you know what i don't have the resources of money right now um you do have the time or can make the time to be able to start this plan then if you need some financial resources you can start to look at how do i save or how do i you know create some monetary resource to do this step if it requires it And so, if you're in a nine to five and you're like, you know what, I'm kind of stuck. I don't like this job. I'm collecting a paycheck. I just, it's not in alignment. I'm not feeling lit up. That job is just part of this funding of this dream that you're creating. Yeah. So look at it that way. And maybe at the end of this goal, whatever it is, you're working yourself out of that or something. You know, just think about it that way and reframe it because money is a resource that is required in a lot of ways, but not necessarily to the magnitude that you might think. So once you map it out, you'll be able to see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's very practical and easy to implement advice. And I hope our listeners implement it. Yeah, and if you do,
0: we want to hear about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, of course. And since you deal with so many clients who come to you with big dreams and plans that are perhaps already in action or about to go into action, and your own story is so inspiring. So I want to know, uh, like when I'm feeling unmotivated, I use this badass women playlist it gets me out of bed or on a bad day and keeps me moving forward after i've you know had a failure or a setback and i've got a vision board but uh so considering your story and all the people you work with do you believe in law of attraction vision board energy all of that yeah
0: um i'm am- much more woo, (laughs) I believe in a lot of the practices that are, um, you know, the journaling, the speaking in the, as if I already have it, the understanding that what you do put out there comes back to you, to placing orders in the universe. I subscribe to that tremendously. I think there's a healthy level of surrendering that has to be at play, at least for me and my entrepreneurial journey, where I know that if I took things too personally or if I tried to get to the root of why something happened or didn't happen that that energy is wasted. It's expended energy that I'll never get back that I can't put into my business. So I believe a lot in that not only for my own experiences but for my clients that we have to be able to move move on faster when things don't go our way. Um, and we have to be able to put ourselves out there authentically to get that authenticity back. So we use a lot of those tools in just financial strategy. We really do. So I right. am I believe in it wholeheartedly. I see it in my most successful clients. I've seen it work in my business. Um, whatever version of that looks and feels good to you, I would definitely put into practice. I think there's a yeah. lot, I mean, law of attraction is a piece of it, right? You've gotta take action and then you've got to figure out what, what pivot or what tweak to make, but it's all working together. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about something and it has happened or you know it just it's, it's kind of crazy. I believe that the universe sends a signal sometimes. Yes. And, and sometimes it's in the form of that didn't actually go as planned, but that must be a gift in some way. And it's helped me pull myself out of the swirl that you can get in when you're trying to find meaning in something where there maybe isn't an obvious meaning.
1: Beautiful, that was amazing. And if you invest into it, there are so many practices associated with it that actually have very practical benefits.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they go beyond business. They're just human toolbox, right? We need them all the time. We can put them into practice in all areas of our lives.
1: Great, that makes sense. Now, for the last two questions, any resources and exercises apart from the ones you have already shared that you would recommend that may help people grow their knowledge on the subject?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent of um, podcasts, first of all. Um, I think we've got this amazing resource at our fingertips that we can type in a subject or a topic or a person. Um, we can multitask and get out for a nature walk while we're listening to podcasts. They're so educational, inspiring. It's like a little coach in your ear. Yeah. So I am grateful, as I know Claudia is, for you <laughs> being here today and listening to us. Um, I, I love to listen to more personal development. That's what I have on my Audible, which is for books and different things like that. Um, every single morning, I read a couple pages in, in a book, um, Living with Joy, I think is what it's called. Um, and so whatever that could be for you, if you just start your day with some inspiration, it could be a guided meditation. I use the calm app. It could be a podcast, which again, just search and find something that inspires you. It could be, um, a couple pages in a book. It could be journaling that comes from your own, you know, Hey, I just slept and, and now I've got some things that want to come out onto the paper and I want to start my day. Right. Those are some really Great resources that I know that have helped me implement some of these practices. Um, I also find that conversations, meaningful conversations. You find some people in your in your world, whether it's one on one or or other than that, just community. I had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Have a call a week or something like that. Do some. Make sure you're connecting with other humans and having conversations that allow you both to kind of push a little bit further. That takes me miles. Um, in a given day. It lights me up. I get excited. Like talking to you today, Today, I'm just, I'm really thrilled that we're being able to have this meaningful conversation and that, you know, we're able to share it with the listeners that are, you know, yeah. going to hear this. That, that, that's beautiful, right? So so think about the conversation. Communication is a very effective way for all of us humans to, to operate and to excel and expand. So remember that don't isolate yourself. Make sure you're having meaningful conversations. I don't mean the conversations that drain you. We all have those. Do not, not the energy leaks, more the energy peaks, right? Yeah. So that would be another thing that I would say. And then also move your body. Um, I always feel better when I move my body. If you need to change up your environment, change your state. I go on nature walks. I have Spotify on my list. I will throw on some dance. You said a badass playlist or something. I will throw it on. I will dance around. Like, You have the power to change your state at any given moment. And if you don't believe me, dance your ass off for 10 seconds and see how you feel.
1: (laughs) Amazing. And you do have a very upbeat, optimistic energy that we all need to tune into. (laughs) So yeah, I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Now for the last question for today, if you were only allowed to give one advice that will help our listeners live a better life, what would that one advice be? Get more sleep. Yeah, I, I think we can all use that directive.
0: <laughs> I'm on that journey now. I know when I sleep better, I can do better. You have, Like it is proven, it is the, a, the one of the best health tips. I'm doing a lot of reading about it and we underestimate it. Again, that whole grind. Oh, you only operate on this much sleep and all that. That's old news. That's so 80s. No, get sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, perfect. This has been so great, Bridget, and you have such incredible clarity around all of this. I think all budding entrepreneurs, especially ones who are a little confused, uh, they have all these goals but are not sure how to get there. I think we need your help, and this has been so great.
0: Yeah, you know what's interesting? I love that you said that because I want to make sure that everybody hears this. Is The clarity that you're hearing or that you know Karati is explaining here is, not something that it's it's been such a process and the reality is I may be really clear right now but I'm not done growing or expanding so I'm going to need to get clear again and again and again and again so it's not it's it's a point in time so know that no matter where you are if you feel like you're just you know looking through a crystal ball that is all muddy that it is so your job to recalibrate that kind of you know clear away some of the mud for the time being that where you are but if you're growing and changing and expanding which is what we are all Really put here to do, you're going to have to keep doing that. So, the sooner you do that now, the sooner you can get ready for that next chapter, that next level you that is just right on the cusp of
1: coming out. Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Bridget. This has been incredible. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, it has been a pure joy. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for putting this together. I love the mission. I love, um, you know, the audience that you're serving is very lucky um, to have you. So, thank you.
1: That was the amazing Bridget Boucher. If you want to know more about our guest or you want to explore the resources mentioned during the episode, the links will be in the episode description. If you want to dive into similar content or you have more questions around this topic, go to my website kratimehra.com and you will find a whole bunch of resources for you to explore as well as contact information that can help you reach out to me with your questions. Now, if you found today's episode useful, please leave a review for the show on iTunes. It will help me understand what it is that you're looking for and how else I can help you. And do share the episode on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at Mehera underscore Prati so that I can thank you for your appreciation. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed creating it. Now, I'll be back next week. Till then, please do take care of yourself.